Hello and welcome to the Creative Jumps podcast. I'm your host, Kimei, and I'm here to help you on your creative journeys through the Creative Champs platform. Part two to the bad and the ugly will be coming up in a couple of weeks. I wanted to use this episode to speak more about loopholes. Really random subject change, but I've been delivering some classes over the last couple of weeks. And one of the most recent ones that I did teach was about contracts and paperwork, right? But I really wanted to speak about the loopholes and the the little things that can happen that can catch you out or put you in a bit of a bind or just fuck you up um, throughout the course of a project. So I wanted to make sure that I was covering as much ground as possible with that to help you avoid certain things from happening. I have got an episode about a similar sort of thing, but it's from ages ago, I think maybe in 2020. So I wanted to provide an updated version. Um, Yeah. So and also to save you from having to scroll back (laughs) and finding that episode. Um, Right. So terms of loop in terms of loopholes, the first loophole I want to cover, my favorite scope creep. And what do I mean by scope creep? Um, This is when the revisions are never ending. So this is when you make changes and then they keep on insisting that you make more changes and then you just end up going back and forth, back and forth. And the project feels like it's never ending. That's called scope creep. Now, in terms of how you can use your or how you can tailor your agreements to reduce this from happening including a revision cap. So making sure that you set a limit as to how many revisions can take place over the course of a project. For me, my rule of thumb was three. Anything above three would incur an additional charge. Um, And usually that would be an extra 10% per revision. The thing is, once I did actually implement that change in the agreement, funnily enough, the scope creep stopped. (laughs) And I think it became a thing where they were now more conscious of that. And also, as time went on, and I I did more and more projects, it became more apparent to me that you know what, this is why there needs to be more uh, feedback sessions, this is why there needs to be a discovery sessions to kick discovery session rather to kick things off. Because when I first started out in the industry, Discovery sessions weren't really a thing that I used to practice. Um, It was only once I had a couple of years under my belt that I was like, ah, okay. Because having those discovery sessions initially makes all the difference. And it can actually reduce the likelihood of scope creep in the long run. Because you, you get to find out exactly what the core issues are. Why they're hiring you in the first place. What they need help with. And you you get to the the crux of all of the things that you need to know. And you're able to then share with the client at that particular stage that, look, okay, this is what you're trying to do. And this is how I can help you. Now, in order to do this, they need to allow you to do your job, which means they can't then dictate every move you make, every step you take. They can't do that because they need to allow you to do your job. They need to trust that what you're doing is going to help them is if they want to design it themselves, then that's what they need to do. 
they shouldn't have hired anybody if that's what their plan was if they want you to be a pixel pusher and just make things look exactly how they want it to look then you know what boot up canva do it yourself but if you really want help with your problem allow me to do my job now obviously this isn't to say that they can't give feedback as i've said before but they just need to trust that you are you know what you're doing right and if they are constantly micromanaging you and trying to tell you what what to do and where to click and how to go and what to do and where you know this is going to impact the value of the um the overall work and then you might end up producing something that actually this isn't what I this isn't indicative of the the kind of quality that I usually produce this is something that was created as a result of scope creep and as a result of the client just pushing back back and forth um, and telling me exactly what to click Um, and you don't want to end up in a situation like that because your name is attached to that (laughs) yeah so yeah Um, so that was a very long loophole (laughs) to cover but yeah that is something that you can include in your agreement to help you minimize the likelihood of that and also with the revisions when you're charging additional if you do reach a point where you have to charge additional I would also suggest that you don't apply those changes until the additional payments have been made. Yeah. And also providing a deadline as to when those payments need to be made before you just call time on the project because you don't want to end up waiting and waiting for payments, which leads me into the second loophole, which is waiting forever for the deposit to land to the point where you don't even know if the project's going ahead or not. The way you can um control this is by stating a deadline in your agreement so if you do sign an agreement or if you if you both sign an agreement right within that you'll need to state at which point the client needs to pay the deposit to then kick off the project and what happens if they do not pay it by the deadline and if they don't pay it by the deadline, I mean, what I used to do, if they don't pay the deposit within five working days, then the project isn't going to go ahead. And it did reach a point where I just had to be really, because someone did mention before, like a couple years back, they said, oh, I downloaded um, uh, uh, Creative Champs contract and it was very strict. You have to be. You have to be, you have to be direct. And it's, I don't even think it's strict, actually. You know, I I, I, no, I wouldn't say it's strict. I'd say it's direct. Because at the end of the day, if your agreement is wishy-washy, then you're going to experience a wishy-washy project. It's going to be a wishy-washy time. It's going to be a flip-floppy time where you don't know whether you're coming or going because you haven't set firm boundaries. You need to set firm boundaries. Uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you you need to set a, a time frame in which they need to pay the deposit because you don't deserve to be sat there waiting around wondering if the project's going ahead or not. Or should I continue or should I chase them or, you know, I would say between five to seven working days. Yeah. And if you also express that in the discovery session before they sign the contract, this can also help to speed things along as well. Another loophole to think about is 
if the client then turns around at the end of a project and says, I want my money back because I don't like the work. Now, a way that you can minimize this instance is by requesting a proof of approval. Now, this, I would always suggest you get this in writing, so via email. And what this is, is where you send them the final version of the work and then they have to confirm that they are happy with it. They have to write back and let you know, okay, we are happy with this uh, to be signed off. And then that's when you would send out the invoice to request the remaining balance. They'll send you the money, then you'll send them the final um, product. And again, with the deadlines, if you give a deadline for this as well, just so that this stage of the process isn't prolonged, because you want to stick to the timeline that you set out in in the agreement, right? Uh, And in order to do that, they need to play their part as well. So they need to make the payments in time. They need to make uh, the appropriate responses in time. Um, And at that particular stage, they will need to let you know if they're happy with the work or not, right? And so, yeah, you say um, that you'll need to respond within a given amount of days um, just to make sure that the, 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 the timeline of the project isn't affected um, and so on and so forth. And that way, if they do try to turn around after the fact and say, oh, we're not happy with the work, we want a refund, you've got the paper, you've got the evidence right there. You've got the written evidence right there to say, like, no, you were happy with it um, and you're just trying to think, yeah? <laughs> you've got it there in writing. So that is something I would always suggest um, that you have. In terms of other loopholes, things can happen with... Uh, with the work that that has been produced having a negative effect on the company. Uh, Balenciaga comes to mind. Um, and in these sorts of instances, this is a, this is a little bit more of a, a tricky one to cover. But if you don't have professional indemnity insurance, I would strongly suggest you look into that. Um, because that is there in that's 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 in place to provide some form of protection in case any of the work that you provide has a negative impact on the the client or or their business so it's it's just just a way to just cover your back slightly i mean i'm with his cox at the moment although i am looking for another um, insurance provider because I've been told that um, there is better out there uh, and cheaper I mean I pay nine pound a month um, which oh, yeah it's, it's it's reasonable but I have heard that there is cheaper out there so just to give you an idea of how much something like that would cost and also public li- while I'm at it public liability insurance if you're selling products this is there to protect you if <laughs> you're selling like for example if you're selling on a market or market stall or something like that and an item of yours causes harm to a member of the public the wind might lift something off your table and smack someone in the face or something like that you want to make sure that you are you you are covered and if you are taken to court which fingers crossed none of you ever are or never will be 
But if you are taken to court or anything, you do have some form of protection to uh, aid you or you will have assistance at least, at the very least, to help you cover costs. Yeah, so you need your public liability insurance. And anyway, if you are trading in a public setting nine times out of ten or ten times out of ten, in fact, you will be required to have that anyway. And I think, I mean, when I got mine, because I did a, a stall in Portobello Market years back, I paid around 40 quid. Uh, and that was supposed to cover me for the year. I don't know what prices might look like now because of inflation and all the rest of it. But I'd imagine it wouldn't be too far off from that. So that's just to give you an idea of how much that could potentially cost. Another loophole is <laughs> someone or the client running off with the work before it's completed. Right. And they don't pay you the remaining balance or running off with the work and not paying you right fixes for this in the first instance we already know we don't start work without the deposit right but sometimes we might mistakenly send usable files over to the client uh we might not be finished we might be thinking ah oh, this isn't finished you know they know it's not finished but sometimes, in some instances, clients will receive the work and they'll be like, oh, I like this as it is. And they'll just ride off into the sunset. Now, this doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen and it can happen. So a way to minimize this would be to, first of all, reduce the resolution of the images that you're sending or the content that you're sending. Try and make it as unusable as possible. And you want to cover it in watermarks. And I, ha I have spoken about this on another episode, but there are groups dedicated to removing watermarks. So you want to make sure that you make it um, as difficult as possible. So in order to do this, you'll need to combine the watermarks with other things. And in this case, it would be the resolution. So lowering the resolution and including a watermarks all over the, the image and also reducing the size of it, the dimensions of it. So that, yeah, they can't just take it and run off into the sunset because the quality will be uh, crap it'll be really shit and they won't actually be able to do anything with it so that there's that and also not sending off final versions until they've sent you the remaining balance so they've paid you the 50 percent yeah they have to send the remaining 50 percent before you send them the completed work now i found doing that has pretty much it pretty much eliminated that issue for me personally so hopefully if you haven't applied that already and you do apply that now it will help you um, in the same way um, the last loophole I want to talk about is um, when <laughs> the client decides you know what we're done with the project and you have completed a bunch of work up until that point that you end up not being paid for because they've decided to call time on the project. In your agreements, you'll need to have a kill fee. Uh, there might be other names for it, but I've always called it a kill fee. And this is there to protect you if the client decides that they want to terminate the project prematurely for one reason or another. And it makes sure that you're covered for the work you've, you've done above and beyond the deposit. So say, for example, you're three quarters of the way now 
and then they turn around and say, oh, they've shelved the project, we're not doing it anymore. You need to be covered for the time that you have spent above and beyond the deposit. So they've paid you the 50%. They ain't getting that back anyway, right? Um, but you've completed 75% of the project, so they need to pay you an additional 25%. Yeah? Or same way if you have <laughs> completely finished everything, um, and then they decide after the fact that, oh, you know, they need to pay you for the work you've done. You They need to pay you 100% of the fee. And that's just it. But you need to put this in your agreement and make it very clear that these are the terms and this is what it's going to be. The likelihood of that happening is low in general, but they need to be made aware that if anything like that was to pop off, this will be what will end up happening. There will be a kill fee involved to make sure that you're compensated for any time and energy that you have spent thus far working on the project regardless of whether or not they've decided to shelve it or not you still need to be paid for your time yeah so um yeah those are just some of the loopholes that um, come to mind off the top of my head then you know if I do if I do um think of any more then of course you know I'll come back with a a separate uh, podcast episode covering those as well but I think for this episode this is all I've got I'm it's literally like 1 30 in the morning and uh, I'm recording this so, um, yeah, it might be a little bit rusty, but hopefully these tips help you um, in terms of just solidifying your contracts and making them a little bit more airtight. Um, and if you already have these things going, that's excellent. Amazing. That's what we want. We want you to be protected and safeguarded as you move along your creative journeys and not be exploited or taken the piss out of or taken advantage of um, because there are so many opportunities for that to happen, as we know yeah um but yeah i hope this was helpful thank you so much for tuning in as always and i'll speak to you same time next week thursday 7 30 all right everyone have a great one take care bye